0: What is up Bitcoiners? This is a really special episode of the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. On this podcast, I sit down with my girl, my fellow pleb, my fellow colleague at Bitcoin Magazine, Kit Stanwood. You may have seen her on Twitter, Kit Stacking Sat Stanwood. She is freaking awesome. We dive into who is Kit, how she got into Bitcoin, how she sees this world, why she's so hyped to be working for a Bitcoin company, and why Bitcoin is going to the moon. Kit got into Bitcoin and saw right through all the shitcoin noise. She channeled in on all the Bitcoin signal and is here for all the right reasons. I think you guys are really going to like this one. If you don't follow Kit on Twitter, make sure to give her a follow. If you don't follow her on Instagram and all that other good stuff, make sure to give her a follow. She's the one who's running a lot of the things that you see on Bitcoin Magazine social media. So you're already following her by following us. But regardless, you're going to want to follow Kate. She is awesome. And you're going to really, really enjoy this show. What is up, Bitcoiners? I am sitting across from a colleague, a friend, a fellow Bitcoiner, someone that I'm just so excited to have a part of the Bitcoin Magazine and the BTC Inc team I have Kit Stanwood, stacking Sat Stanwood here. What's up, Kit? How's it going?
1: Hello, hello. And hello to all the Bitcoiners out there.
0: <laughs> so Kit, um, I reached out to you to set up this, this podcast like three months ago or something like that. And we just kept rescheduling it. But since then, you've actually started at Bitcoin Magazine and we have got to meet in person in Nashville. And yeah, here we are. So I guess like why don't you tell the the Bitcoiners out there about who you are, like what you're doing in the Bitcoin space. And I guess maybe you can even talk about what it's been like working at Bitcoin Magazine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on the podcast. This is so amazing going from like podcast to working here. <laughs> and it's a perfect role for me. I do a lot of social media management um, with Instagram, TikTok, uh, Pinterest. So if you're not following us there already, go follow us and hang out with me online. Um, it's just been so amazing. I feel like I've been trying to get a role like this and I've been thinking about it for a really, really long time since, um, when I worked at a company doing it project management for like AWS stuff in 2014 or so. And that's when I started my blog. Um, I do lifestyle blogging. I started off with some beauty blogging. I literally just took things around my house and started taking pictures of it and posting it and tagging brands and writing on a self-hosted WordPress blog. Um, So that's kind of how it started. Um, I I started to transition it into fashion after that. I've gotten to do a lot of fun stuff like New York Fashion Week and a lot of different trips. And now I've kind of gotten into like adventure and eating out at restaurants and places to stay. So it's kind of turned into more of a travel blog recently. Um, but so I do that as like a hobby. Um, and so it translates really well into what I do at Bitcoin Magazine. And then uh, it's, it's just been like a dream. <laughs> uh, meeting everyone in Nashville was really cool um, for that weekend for the all hands meeting. Um, and it's just been really awesome since then.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, One of my favorite things about this job is one, like finding and discovering cool Bitcoiners. And then two is uh, when the team comes together, you know, because we mostly work remote. But when the team comes together once a quarter in Nashville, hang out, meet everyone in the flesh, drink, you know, hash things out, you know, pivot the company, whatever that needs to happen uh, to keep this train, you know, rolling down the tracks. Uh, It's always great. And, uh, you know, the next trip is already getting planned. And on top of that, me, you and like a bunch of other plebs are uh, and and Bitcoiners on on the Bitcoin magazine team are going to be going to Dallas next month. uh, And uh, or I guess this month when it get when this episode gets out, but later here in August. And uh, that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, that's going to be my first conference that I get to go to. So I'm super stoked. And being in Nashville was the first time I was around like like that many Bitcoiners. And it was just really cool. And the company just let us go shoot guns and hang out. (laughs) Super fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, what is it like working for a 100% Bitcoin only company with Bitcoiners? Like, you know, we're not even talking about like crypto people, like only Bitcoiners at the company.
1: I feel like I before I even like thought about getting into the space, I wanted to be at like a Bitcoin only company because I'm a maximalist. So crypto makes the word crypto kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Sometimes on social media I have to like go through a hashtag or something with it just because that's where some people hang out that we want to like convert over to full Bitcoin because it's it just makes sense. <laughs> um So it feels relaxing knowing that I'm not going to (laughs) get like attacked on Bitcoin Twitter um, for, you know, shilling shit coins. I just I don't know if I could live with myself if I had to like market for some of some company that had like a bunch of shit coins on their thing. I couldn't do it. I couldn't live with myself. You know, just knowing that it's all scams and most of those coins are going to go to zero, if not all of them eventually, you know, so I can do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, even more than that, it's just like, honestly, I go through Slack and it's like, they're on Bitcoin Twitter, they're on Bitcoin Twitter, they're on Bitcoin Twitter. It's just like, (laughs) you know, it's almost like a curated list of like some of the coolest Bitcoiners out there all working together, trying to make something happen. That's Bitcoin related.
1: I feel really lucky to work with so many really intelligent, smart people. I, I, being in the office, looking over like Dylan... Dylan's um, shoulder. I was like, How do you do the deep dive newsletter every day? Like, or, you know, so intense with all these charts and everything. And he was showing me the process that he was going through. I'm like, I don't even think back in college when I was on like all that would have worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just, they're just killing it. And Nick, he's a beast. Austin, also, they're just cranking out all of these really good articles. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I'm so freaking proud of Nick Hoffman. He's been working with me for like, I don't know, like 14 months now. He was actually my, fir- my very first hire as like the director of Bitcoin Magazine was bringing on Nick Hoffman to take over Twitter. And uh, the kid has grown so much. He's gone from like, you know, just not even 21 year old, um, you know, young buck, you know, super green, you know, just knows Bitcoin, Twitter, that's it. <laughs> and uh, now he's like leading a team of three people. He is in charge of pushing out like all the Bitcoin news coverage that we're doing at Bitcoin magazine and, uh, you know, helping us really achieve like some of our most important goals. Uh, so Nick Hoffman is the man.
1: Yeah, this, this group keeps me young. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree with that. You know, we have we have some. Uh, let's call it more senior people, but there's a lot of young bucks that are pulling their weight for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So I guess, kid, okay, I want to hear about like, what's your Bitcoin journey? You said you're maximalist, um, Bitcoin only, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, lady fashion travel bloggers that also would say like, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, you know, and uh, be on Twitter just talking about Bitcoin. So how, how did you discover Bitcoin? How did you get to Bitcoin only?
1: I'm excited to share the journey with you. I don't know if I've talked about it full length on any of the podcasts I've been on yet. So I heard about Bitcoin in 2014 at a party. Um, my friend was trying to, well, he wasn't trying to, he was buying drugs off of Silk Road and he was telling me about it and I'm freaking out. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I don't think you can do that. You're gonna get in trouble. Um, <laughs> And he, he's smart too, like, he, were, he was working at Google as a developer and stuff, so very smart guy. Um, but then he started to tell me about this, like, internet money currency that he was using to get the drugs, um, just, you know, like weed or whatever, nothing crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's when I first heard about it, and I tried to figure out how to buy it. So I got on a lot of these forums, and it was really difficult. I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, "Oh, I don't know." Um, and you can't you can't feel bad about something like that because you don't know what would have happened within those years if you would have lost your wallet, seed phrase, or you know what could have happened. Um, and I probably missed out on a lot of shitcoining as well throughout those years. But it kind of it put the seed in my brain about this Bitcoin thing. <laughs> And at that time too, I was researching into Netflix a lot for a finance class that I was that I was in at college, and it just kind of seemed like the trend was everything like TV streaming. Everything was going onto the internet, so it just kind of made sense that you know money would go online. It'd just be easier, quicker, and you wouldn't have to carry around like dollar bills and like coins. So I was like, okay, that's cool. I couldn't figure it out, though. Got on a bunch of those forums. Um, So I invested in stocks and things like that at the time. Um, Fast forward a few years, I uh, started this, like, spiritual journey or whatever. Um, Because, like, and also at the same time. So what year are we at now? So this is 2017. So, like, from 2014 to 2017, I was, like, ending college I was still in a party mode and things like that so it also wasn't really like a great time to like get into that kind of stuff um so 2017 I started this like spiritual journey I was raised Catholic and I think there's like a lot of good principles and things that you can learn in religion but like though I feel really close to all that stuff now um And so with the spirituality aspect and it kind of is like an appendix sometimes to religion because you can like see some of the scripture and like look at it in a different way because you're looking at it from a spiritual way. But anyway, I was following this YouTuber who kind of who like helps you expand your consciousness and your awareness and bring in things like money, health, wealth and love and all the other stuff in your life. So I've been watching him for about. Three years, from 2017 to 2020, and right in the 2020 crash of April, he got on and was talking on his Instagram stories, and someone had asked him how he got rich, because he kind of insinuated he got rich off of like making a video off of YouTube a day, and I, I was just like, there's no way that he afforded that house with like YouTube money. And so, for like 15 seconds on his Instagram stories, he mentioned he got rich off of Bitcoin, and I was like, "Oh wow, well, okay, <laughs> I forgot about that." And so, I'd seen it on like Robinhood, <laughs> which is what a new mistake. Um, bought it on Robinhood that week. I I bought a little Dogecoin first. I bought like five dollars worth just to get my feet wet off of Robinhood. There was like this anxiety or fear about like taxes and all this other stuff like before getting into crypto that i had um but you know i always tell myself like the first time you do something it's going to be difficult but then after that it's just gonna be like a piece of cake like just always that initial like oh i have to figure this out kind of thing so i just dove into it and then i got on twitter to make some finance friends (laughs) and after maybe three or four months kind of started to settle into Bitcoin Twitter. And um, that was wild. (laughs) Just like Bitcoin Twitter is another like, whole beast on the internet, its own little community. So I I got more than I bargained for there. Um, So I started to learn that Robinhood doesn't let you, I didn't even know what keys were. I thought, you know, at first, like, this is just some kind of stock, but like, yeah, I could use it as money probably when the infrastructure there, I didn't really have an idea of like what it was. So learning that you can hold your own keys and like run a node and all this other stuff and set up cold storage for it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, there's this whole other thing with this, what they call asset right now that like is just really interesting. (laughs) So I started to learn a lot more, started to read the Bitcoin standard like everyone else. Um, some random finance YouTuber told me about that to read it though. So it was interesting that I didn't like randomly see it on Bitcoin Twitter or something. Um, just so many things like just were set up to like push me along this journey to like get where I needed to be. And so after reading um, the Bitcoin standard, like, and also having an IT background, but I didn't have much of the finance background, it all just kind of slammed together in my mind, like, wow, (laughs) Uh, this is the future. And this is probably gonna gobble up all of the market caps in the world, starting with like US dollar, gold, silver, all of those. Um, And just really like understanding that anything that you want can be money. So why can't Bitcoin be the world reserve currency, you know? Um, So after that, I started to read some other finance books and kind of realized that, you know, I come I, I kind of to go all in on Bitcoin. Um, it's just, I just feel like it's the best investment that you can do. Eventually you'll be able to use it. We're always seeing countries like El Salvador picking it up as a currency. So I'm very bullish on it. <laughs> And it's kind of, it's a little crazy for me to go all in before like a country accepts it as currency, but I just really believe in it. I believe in like it because it helps people, you know, like people who don't have banks can get into the financial system now and you can just be self-sovereign with this money. I didn't realize how like money affected you on, in that level, you know, um, gov- you know, government involvement and printing it and all that other stuff. I I honestly thought before in April 2020 that we were still on the gold standard and then learned all this stuff. And I was like, wow. And then I started telling my friends and they didn't know that either that we had gotten off the gold standard. So <laughs> it's just information. Um, information is key. It's learning until like you die, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's many things that you mentioned that triggered my brain into like, yeah, that you know, you were, uh, you were primed for Bitcoin, right? Like there's a, a lot of layers to kind of like your, your train of thought that it makes sense that why you got into Bitcoin and how you got on there. I found it really interesting that, you know, Bitcoin Twitter is where you actually discovered about how to use Bitcoin more than just like mm-hmm. buy this thing on Robinhood. So like, Tell me about, like, okay, you had X amount of Bitcoin on Robinhood, maybe some shit coins. You get onto Bitcoin Twitter, you start learning about keys. Like, what did you do at that point? Like, talk talk me through that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I learned, you know, you can't have your keys. So I was like, oh, man, I have to move this, like, decent amount of Bitcoin off of Robinhood, and I'm going to get a tax hit. And, and then... So I was like, how am I going to plan this? And I, I kind of just got lucky. It, I, I sold it so that I could go buy it. And I made another mistake. I bought it off a of Coinbase, which is know your keys. And I didn't really know that there was like non-KYC exchanges out there, like BizQ. So there was just so many things. Because like, had I known all this stuff, I would have gone the privacy route, just because like, why not? Until like, you have to otherwise. Um and so i got it off of there and it wasn't too bad i like actually made some money off of the transfer off of robin hood cuz i i timed it well which you can't time the market but you know i i got lucky um and then i also had a very interesting life event happen but um some some bad things with family but it helped me um I left my job to go help my family and it gave me an opportunity to dive into my my 401k because I was switching jobs. And when you're out of at a job, you can't just like take out how much how much you want. Um they only let you do like certain amounts, which is I don't like that. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Why do you have to wait till 65 to take out your 401k? Like I might not live that long maybe, you know you don't know when you're gonna die. So you want to be able to access your money freely and do things.
0: with. I life. hate 401k IRA that stuff. It's like, it's a wolf and sheep's quote, you know, it was right. like, Oh, it's tax free. It's nice, blah, blah, blah. Fucking hate it. No freedom. You're tied to this thing. If you want to take your money out, there's like a huge tax to take it out early. Like yeah. F, that biggest mistake was not taking out my 401k when I qu- quit my first job and I had a chance to do it and buy Bitcoin at sub 5,000. That was my biggest mistake. It have just done that.
1: Man. <laughs> oh, I feel that. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> it's but... <a> scam.
0: Everything <laughs> in fiat is a scam.
1: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was able to take it out. Um, and,. Yeah, there's a lot of taxes when you do that. But luckily, I made it up like the next week because Bitcoin is so volatile that what's a couple grand. <laughs> so I I then got it on um, one of the cold card wallets because I researched for maybe two months on what the best wallet would be. And I really like the cold card wallet because it's air gaps, which is so smart. You can just move it from SD card into your laptop and it never touches the internet cause it's all on this SD card. Um, so got on there and, you know, got my plate, put my seat phrase on there, chiseled it in. And, um, yeah, now I'm just stacking sets. I, I'm doing Lolly and uh, fold app to, you know, spin the wheel every day. I guess eventually I would like coin join that stuff. I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do because it's all the KYC stuff, so it feels tainted. <laughs> but you know, you know,
0: whatever. you don't know yeah. what you don't know what the outcome is gonna be, and you just have multiple bags. You got a KYC right. stack. You got like I think it's more okay. dangerous to mix that shit in with your other stuff. Like, I yeah, I don't know. Bitcoiners gotta manage their own cold storage, but like I mentally have you know, different categories and I try not to mix stuff around.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's stuff that like I wouldn't know a couple months ago. I had to start looking into that and seeing if that matters or not kind of thing.
0: All right, Bitcoiners. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor. This show is brought to you by Ledin.io. I have been super, super impressed with the guys over at Ledin. I've actually known the co-founders, Adam and Mauricio, for a very long time. I've had the pleasure to watch them Build Ledin up from a tiny, tiny startup to now a super impressive institutional grade Bitcoin and crypto lender. Y'all, I'm so impressed with these guys. They are offering some of the best rates out there. I don't think anyone even comes close to touching them. You can get 6.1% APY on your first two Bitcoin that you deposit into Ledin interest accounts. And you can get 8.5% US, on USDC deposits. I mean... I know all the competitors. They're not even close. If you're going to put your crypto and your Bitcoin into an interest account, Ledin is by far the best. And on top of that, like I said, these guys are hardcore Bitcoiners and they know the products and the services that Bitcoiners want and appreciate. They come up with B2X. It allows you to put your Bitcoin in they leverage it up. And you can, with one click of the mouse, get twice the exposure to Bitcoin. So if you're super bullish, Ledin has you covered with a super, super easy way to get leverage with B2X. And then on top of that, they know that Bitcoiners care about your reserves. They know that Bitcoiners don't like under-reserved and not full-reserved financial institutions. So they are pushing the frontier in transparency in the digital asset lending space. And they are the first digital asset lender to do a full proof of reserves and proof of attestation through a Mariano LLC, a public accounting firm. So... The letting guys, they know what Bitcoin is like. They are legit. I encourage you guys to check them out. Do your own research and go to leaden.io That is L-E-D-N.io and learn more. Bitcoiners, I want to tell you guys about the Deep Dive. The Deep Dive is a new premium newsletter from the Bitcoin Magazine team in conjunction with my man, BTCization, Dylan LeClaire. Dylan is such a multifaceted and wide-ranging analyst. He does everything from on-chain analytics to macro uh, analysis to, uh, you know, hash rate and all that kind of good stuff. He does it all. He breaks down everything that's happening every single day with his daily dive. He's going to dive into what is happening in the market that day. So that way, you don't have to pay attention to Twitter. You don't have to pay attention to anything else. You can just pay attention to the deep dive and he has you covered. And at the end of the week, guess what? You get a weekly recap. And at the end of the month, hey, we have a freaking report, a beautiful PDF breaking down all the activity of that entire month, what it means for Bitcoin, what you can expect moving forward. The Bitcoin market is going to moon. We are here to make sure that we maximize your stack. Go to members.bitcoinmagazine.com to sign up today. And if you use promo code BITS, you can get one month for free. So again, the deep dive. I've been checking it out every day, and you should too. Back to the show. <laughs> yep. So, um, what about Bitcoin? Do you like? Like, what intrigued you so much about it, other than like it's going to be su- it's going to succeed and you're bullish? Because it sounds like, again, you're primed for Bitcoin. There's other things about your personality that jive with Bitcoiners and Cyber Hornets on Twitter. Like, like, tell me more.
1: Yeah. So um, I'd say, like, in the Bitcoin standard, like, the last four or five chapters really goes deep into, like, how the network is all connected through nodes. And just the ledger made a lot of sense to me that, you know, you need a bunch of nodes to um, approve it so that it's on there. Um, A lot of the technical aspects... Of Bitcoin made made sense to me. Um, So that kind of got me pretty pumped for it. But then just learning that like there's so many bullish people out there doing amazing things like the Lightning Network, um, just improving on how we can use Bitcoin and get it to people and do transactions really cheaply. um, I think that it's paving the way for the future, that it can really be implemented as Currency in the world um i really feel like it's just a strong community of people behind it um every you know people die in this hill for it so the people behind bitcoin also really got me bullish once i got into um twitter and then um from there just learning the best podcasts and youtubes to watch um and see people like you know, bullish people like Matt O'Dell talking about privacy and freedom, and then like Preston Syke talking about like the revolution of the monetary system. So those kind of podcasts has got me really bullish too. To see that people, there's just so many smart people in this space talking about these important human rights.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so much more than just like number go up. Like number go up like kind of captures all of what bitcoin is about cuz bitcoin's so deep, right? It's about like discovering how the world works. It's about monetary economics and how money works and like human psychology and communicating and how pricing and capitalism and all this stuff fiat. Like there's just so much to it. Like what would you say is like the most life-changing thing that you've learned since you've kind of gone down like the Bitcoin journey?
1: Man, the most life-changing, like Bitcoin itself just changed my life a lot. Like before then, I wasn't really sure. I didn't have like a retirement plan per se. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to throw a bunch of stuff into my 401k, start this Roth IRA and hope I make it kind of thing. Um, So Bitcoin has kind of given me hope. (laughs) Like, Like, you know, Michael Saylor says Bitcoin is hope. Um, I saw that because it it kind of just lets me plan for the future better. Like it's gonna give me the freedom to be able to like go travel, to be able to do like more hobbies. Like I've always wanted to play like the guitar, and I haven't had time to do that. That's just like a very low priority. I rather like learn how to edit a picture differently or video or something like that. So there's all these like low level like hobbies that I'm I'm really excited about. That I, you know I bought a guitar and stuff, and I just haven't gotten to do that. And, and, and speaking in that, I feel like society as a whole will be able to like go and do what their purpose is supposed to be. And they're going to do it really well. Like retirement doesn't necessarily mean you just like sit at home and watch Netflix all day. I feel like it lets you go pursue your passion. And a lot of the time nowadays, passions overlap with something that you can make money with too. Um, so I feel like that that's like, just like a really great thing that Bitcoin can provide for people. Um, And having that hope, you know, just relieves a lot of stress, anxiety and depression, knowing that like in the future, like even now, just like you can just like feel it like, okay, yeah, I'm going to stack and then I'm going to be able to like actually have a retirement later on Um, because, I don't know what else I would have done. They're printing all this money and it's not like we can go turn to gold or silver or anything else really. Um, So it it just, I don't know. And it it gave me hope for like my future family um, being able to give my kids the life that they want so that they don't have to work nine to five forever. I might make them do some kind of job for like a year or two. So it's not just like, Oh, here's some Bitcoin and like, (laughs) go do whatever you want. So they didn't like appreciate it and everything, but being able to like give my kids freedom like that is going to be really amazing. Cause I always thought about that. Like, I don't like where I'm at right now. Why am I going to have a family and kids and like, then my kids are just going to feel like I'm feeling right now. And that's not, that's not great when you're in that nine to five, like doing stuff because you have to the pay fiat, your fiat,
0: the fiat scam again, right. make everything expensive, make you work all the time to pr- improve productivity. But you know, just become a wage slave effectively. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Jeff Booth talks about this a lot is like the price of tomorrow is like technology is giving us our time back. You know, technology is giving us the ability like to almost have like a new renaissance versus like, you know, just being shoveled into like cowherded through school, cowherded through university, shoved into a cubicle until we're 65. Like that's what fiat is doing to humanity right now. And that doesn't have to be what it's like forever, right? Like, it doesn't have to be like that. And uh, I think that Bitcoin gives us hope for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It flips the inflationary money to deflationary, which, you know, they just needed to put a cap on it. I don't know. They just couldn't handle themselves. And yeah, that equals your freedom. If your money is growing over time, like it just gives you so much time to do all the things that you want to do go spend with family and friends and like travel
0: <laughs> yep no 100% agree um and I mean, hopefully uh, all these government crackdowns and lockdowns and all that stuff don't uh, prevent us, our generation, from traveling. But again, I'm I'm hopeful that Bitcoin makes the world flat. Bitcoin opens the world. Bitcoin allows people to live where they want to live, travel and and enjoy this amazing planet. Right. Um, So I found it's like hilarious. There's people tweeting about this. Uh, when Jeff Bezos was like going to the moon and same with, uh, what's it called? The guy from Virgin, Richard Branson. Um, and someone was like, the billionaires are trying to like leave Earth for Mars like while Bitcoiners are trying to save Earth. Like, right. I totally think that's the case. Like, you know, Bitcoiners are trying to save Earth. Like we're trying to like, you know, yeah. get a system that's scalable and fair for the planet, you know, while all these like cantillionaires um, who have like, you know, effectively benefited from the existing system, you know, they're pretty much abandoning it. Just like, you know, used Earth. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> it's just, it's just so insane.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like we need to figure out how to take care of the first planet, because if we just move to another one, we might just destroy that one also. Like, I feel like there's just some some foundations of some processes and systems that we do right now that's not working like recycling and other things but i feel like i th- i feel like in some way bitcoin fixes literally everything there's just ways to think about it that you wouldn't even think about <laughs> just because I don't, I don't know
0: fix the money fix the world kit
1: yeah <laughs> exactly
0: yeah i mean Again, it kind of comes down to money is information, and Bitcoin potentially offers perfect information, and the current money that we use, the current fiat system, is far from perfect information. If anything, it's the most obfuscated communications layer for pricing we've had in a very long time, and it's making the world into clown world, like it truly is. Like yeah. no one can properly allocate capital and resources in time. And there's second, third, fourth order effects on that, right? Like how about people being schooled to do jobs that no one actually needs? Now they're angry. Like, again, like what's the, what are the the second, third, fourth order effects of, you know, just misaligning everyone's energy, everyone's production, how we use our resources for 30, 40, 50 years?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Like it it really is like you there's like the main problem and then there's all these tiny other ones that just like branch off of that problem that we don't think about that Bitcoin oddly enough will solve.
0: (laughs) So I mean, let's say you're talking to like one of your friends, they're not hardcore Bitcoiner, they're just a friend in real life, maybe from college or something like that. Like it's a pretty huge idea to go from like, oh man, the world is fucked. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we need a socialism or whatever. Like, the kids are kind of turning to these days to like, wow, open source, freedom, money can save us, right? Like, how do you go from that to like, wow, like, fix the money, fix the world? Like, money is the actual issue here. Like, how do you talk to people about that? Like, what's that? Like, if you're trying to like focus on one friend that you're like, I need to get you into Bitcoin, like, what, how do you do that?
1: Right. So I, I, it depends on the person, but like if it's someone who knows finance a lot, I'll push them to like a book, um, you know, like the Bitcoin standard and just hope that they get the same message out of it that I do. And then push more like podcasts and things on that. Normally I don't take like, I take it as like, this is a really good investment for like your future. And eventually like, one sat is going to eat equal $1. And that kind of gets them like, Oh wait, what do you mean? And, and then I tell them like, a my price prediction is like, um, from like one of Michael Saylor's interviews, like when Bitcoin gobbles up all of the market caps and he said it was like $15 million a coin. So like saying things like that to people, they're like, Oh <laughs> wait, it's only $50,000 right now. Or what, you know, 30,000 at the time, of this recording, um, or what? Almost 40, my bad. 30, 39k. Anyway, who cares about the price? It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, their eyes light up when I say that I feel like this coin is gonna be fifteen million dollars one day. And they're just like, Oh wow, okay, I should probably get into that. And then I, I, I push them to try to get some free Bitcoin. Um, I, you know, chill out my fold app link and like Lolly and and tell them that they can like learn and like Learn about Bitcoin and figure out what to do with it later, and just kind of start stacking a little bit more and more. And then I feel like once someone has a little bit of Bitcoin, they just kind of get more into it and interested in it, and they start to do some um, self research. Um, so that's good. But then, say like someone like my family, I've been trying to get into Bitcoin for like a while. Um, my brother had an opportunity to mine some back when he worked at Best Buy with some of the people there, and He just hasn't bought back into it. I tried to get him back into it around under 10K. Um, And then again, at 17K. And I haven't really talked to him about it since because he just, I don't know. I'm just going to put some Bitcoin aside for my family (laughs) so that they're okay. Um, And then, I don't know, I've tried to get my dad to like sit down and watch. Even Michael Saylor interviews with me, like, and he'll just, he'll fall asleep through, through halfway through it. Not because it's boring or anything to him. He just, he's older. So he just takes naps all the time of just passes out randomly. Um, so I'm not really sure how he feels about Bitcoin. Um, you know, the older generation, some of them are open to it. I don't, I don't think my dad would be, plus they've they have a pension. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to keep stacking for them so that they'll be okay. Um, so that we can afford food later when we're buying food with sets. <laughs> you
0: know. All right, let's take a quick break from that episode. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. It is Bitcoin 2022 conference. I am sure you saw the videos. You may have been there in person. Bitcoin 2021 was an absolute smashing success. It was the biggest conference in Bitcoin history, crypto history, whatever history of the digital asset sphere. Bitcoin is number one in the Bitcoin 2021 conference is number one with a bullet. It was an absolutely incredible time. I was working my ass off the whole time, but I got to meet so many incredible community members. And I think the best testament to how amazing Bitcoin 2021 was, was not just all of the amazing you know, accolades and, uh, and compliments that I got personally and our team got, but also it's the skin in the game in Bitcoin 2022. We have already sold close to 1,500 tickets. That is more than 10% of the people, everyone who went to Bitcoin 2021 have already purchased tickets to Bitcoin 2022. We have not released a date. We have not released a city. We have not released anything. That is the biggest compliment. That is the biggest skin in the game of the community being down for this conference. Bitcoin 2022 is going to be bigger than Bitcoin 2021. It's going to be better than Bitcoin 21 in every single way. And we are going to be bringing you the best opportunity to mingle with the biggest, the baddest, the most Bitcoin people on the planet. So join the revolution. Go to b.tc forward slash conference. Get your tickets today. I don't know what the ticket prices are. They are going up. I think they're $249 right now. We just rolled out Fiat ticket uh, purchases. All the tickets purchased before today were all purchased in BTC. So get it, guys. Get it. Get this ticket. Be at Bitcoin 2022. See you there. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Like, um, I completely agree that you kind of have to handhold uh, your family members because, like, okay, your friends, you can try to convince them. It's ultimately their choice. But I feel like your family, it's, like, it's more important that you take care of them. I've, like, learned that just give them give them Bitcoin as a gift. Like, like a lot of people yeah. have Cash App. You can just send, like, people, like, buy me something and then they'll request some Cash App. I'll, like, deny it and then I'll just send them Bitcoin instead. Like, now you have Bitcoin. <laughs> Okay, here you go. Like yeah. the last few weddings I went to, Bitcoin gifts. The last three Christmases, Bitcoin gifts. All the, all my nephews, Bitcoin. That's all you get. Nice. It's like 20 bucks yeah. in dollars or 30 bucks in Bitcoin. What do you think? They're like, yeah. all right, I'll take Bitcoin. And then like, they'll look at it and like, oh my God, it's $130. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, so just, it's- they got to get some skin in the game. And then, and then pops, pops won't fall asleep. You know, mom, hey mom, just trust me. Stack stats on Cash App. It'll be fine. And then, you know, she comes back and it's like, "Whoa! <laughs> like, what yeah. happened?" You know, it gets her attention.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. When the price goes up, my mom was a little bit better about it than my dad. Anytime I walked into the room with my mom, she was just like telling me the price of Bitcoin, and I'm like, "This is cute that she keeps checking it out." <laughs> Um, and then also my, uh, my friend that I went on that road trip last month with, I made her listen to the Bitcoin standard on audiobook with me in the car. (laughs) I think she was enjoying it. Um, but yeah, we, we listened to it on the car ride the whole way there. Um, she said she was going to reread it again because there's a lot of dense information in there that you kind of want to highlight and make some notes on. Um, so that's another way you can just like, make them sit down next to you and and listen to the whole 17 hours of a book. That's a good way to orange pill someone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listening to the Bitcoin standard definitely helped me out a lot. Um, But it's tough. Like you, uh, you gotta like get them interested in some way. Um, But the the beautiful thing is that, you know, the Bitcoin standard is just the beginning now like i don't know if you see my bookshelf but there's like about 15 different ways that you can orange pill someone right like uh thank god for bitcoin the little bitcoin book Inve- inventing bitcoin um uh be it uh i think what's the there's the children's book um bitcoin money that's it um bitcoin magazine uh there's just so much like out there and um there's a lot of different avenues that people can get orange-pilled. Uh, I was recently watching Ross Stevens' talk, which is uh, kind of uh, equivalent to Michael Saylor in, in terms of like the eloquency in which he talks about Bitcoin and um, Nidig and other institutions getting into Bitcoin and why Bitcoin matters. Uh, so, you know, eventually everyone's going to come to light, you know?
1: Yeah, eventually everyone's going to have to because... There isn't anything else. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So one thing I noticed and kind of noticed it from meeting you, but like, you know, you're not only like Bitcoin's like alternative monetary system, but you're kind of into alternative explanations for a lot of things that are happening around. Right. Like, I think there's a lot of narratives. There's a lot of like sheeple following, like just, you know, whatever's coming out of CNN. Um, but you know, kids into some conspiracy conspiracies. From what I can tell, Uh, can you kind of talk a little about like, you know, just finding information on the internet and you know some of these uh, rabbit holes that you're going down?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I feel like when you when you see something on the internet, my first thought always is, is that true or not? And like, you want to go and find other sources and just kind of wait and see like how, how it's going to play out. Like, is, is it actually true or not? Um, but it's, it's hard nowadays. People can like edit videos. They can just like make things up and make it look like something else. Um, so I feel like social media just, I, I use social media more in a business way where I go on and I'm posting for Bitcoin magazine or, my blog. I'm using it on the side of like a content creator, which I'm really grateful for because I don't know how people go on these social media channels and just consume it all day long. it's It's really negative. It's not good for your mind or your consciousness. I'm very big on like what goes into my consciousness that goes to my subconscious, and then that's kind of what shows up into my reality. Um I mean, there's some things that you can do, of course, like you can accept uh, a thought or not accept a thought. But anyway, there's just so much getting thrown at you all day long that's super negative. And it really takes some critical thinking skills, which shout out to James Madison University. Like that was the one thing out of college, I guess I got (laughs) and some fun. Um, But it really takes some critical thinking of like, does this make sense? What are the pros and cons of this thing coming out? Like the vaccines, like I'm not anti vax There's been vaccines that I'm sure saved my life when I got when I was a kid, but it just, it all seems really odd to me right now with how it's rolling out. Um, There's a third vaccine coming out and there's, there's really no studies on like how this affects you in the long run. And that's my thing. I just want to know how it's going to affect me and make sure that it's rolled out correctly and that it's worth it. Um, So a lot of critical thinking stuff there. Like I think people should be able to make their own decisions on if they want to do something or not. It's, it's America. We've got freedom. Uh, We fought for that a really long time ago. And so it's, it's important for people to be able to decide um, and read through the facts, like go to the websites. People fight with you when you're going to the CDC website and you're pulling a quote or like sending them a URL directly to there. And they're like, they're just losing their minds out there. I don't know. Um, I, I think the lockdowns were really bad for people. I think people get into their head too much and they don't know how to meditate or deal with their feelings. And so they're taking it out on society now. And like, they're, they're not really, they're not getting the picture and like thinking things through. I feel like on a lot of this stuff that's happened the last year. Um, and I feel people are bad at looking at history and I don't think it's everyone's fault. I feel like maybe even sometimes history is rewritten or they don't put certain things in it. And we repeat that, which sucks. Um, Cause it's better to learn from your mistakes and move forward. Um, but I'm just looking at like past pandemics. I feel like I read somewhere that um, it just kind of mentioned that lockdowns were bad and that like, it doesn't matter. Um, Like if you're in them or not, you're going to still have the same consequences from it. Um, Just things like that. I I feel like kind of the conspiracy theories, but they're also like the word conspiracy theory gets thrown around so much that you can just say anything's a conspiracy theory, and then there's going to be like a group of people on the internet who who are going to push it. It you'll see these text messages that these long paragraphs that are like repeated by certain accounts over and over and over again, and it's just like. What do you do? Like, what is Facebook or Twitter? How do they stop that kind of spam from going out? I feel like they have a lot of challenges um, with misinformation spread online.
0: Well, yeah, like there's challenges with misinformation spread and then the government is like, all right, well, we have to be the central arbiter of truth. Right. uh, To quash this. It's just like so baloney. Um, I think because we, like, looking, we know that they don't like arbit truth at all. They just arbit an agenda and short-term thinking.
1: Right. I think we need to go back and look at like, what are the responsibilities of the government? How are they supposed to be serving us? Are they serving us in the right way? And if they're not, like, what do we do um, in that, in those cases, like who should we elect instead in those positions? And I think that that, that falls short because people aren't some people just aren't into like voting and it takes a lot of time to like research these people. So I'm hoping that a lot of people uh, in the Bitcoin community start popping up. like we've got some senators and representatives now that are starting to look really good. <laughs> um, so like Loomis and and Davis. Um, so I'm excited for that. I think that that'll help a lot because um, like once you get Bitcoin in the government, then I feel like they can start doing their job better for the the branches that we want to keep around because like, we don't, I don't know about the Fed, like they've kind of, you know, I, I don't know how the Fed and Bitcoin would align together. Um, and I just- Fed I is like,
0: irrelevant. Right. Here's, here's yeah. my take about the Fed and Bitcoin. Okay, so are you familiar with the history of like the search engine wars? Like uh, Google versus Yahoo, Google versus but... Ask.com and that kind of stuff. AskJeeves.com? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So pretty much, you know, before Google, the strategy to index the internet was like, have people manually curate websites into a directory. It's almost like Yellow Pages strategy, but for the internet. And that's like what Yahoo did. Like Yahoo was the biggest manual curator, right? And then Google came in, and the co-founders of Google, and they started doing keywords and kind of automated ranking with their keyword formula. Um, and Google just crushed everyone, just absolutely annihilated all the competition, despite Yahoo already being there for much longer and you know having a team of humans curating the internet. Right. So Google just had a much more scalable, automated way to curate the internet, and they absolutely destroyed Yahoo. And that's what Bitcoin is going to do to all central bankers, all central curators of monetary policy around the globe. Like Bitcoin is destroying them with automated monetary policy, finite supply, you know, having's happening. I think it was incredible to watch. Like, The last halving in 2020, May of 2020, um, pretty much what happened was, uh, you know, there was crisis, all the governments were printing, all the governments were in lockdown, and then Bitcoin in the midst of the crisis, cuts the block reward in half. Like, Bitcoin does not care. And, you know, I just that that's the difference, right? And Bitcoin is just going to automate that perfect monetary policy and destroy all central banking. So like, the Fed and Bitcoin, like the Fed better hold Bitcoin. Otherwise it's just going to, you know, not have any upside from becoming irrelevant.
1: Right. Like even, even if they hold Bitcoin, it's kind of like, what are you guys even doing now? <laughs> what, are you, what are your tasks? And like, you know, I just, I feel like it. they're, they're kind of doomed. Um, but there's a lot of, ideas and things I haven't thought of. So maybe they'll figure out how to keep above water.
0: <laughs> Kit, this is a really fun conversation. Uh, like I said many times, I'm so happy to have you on the BTC Inc. team, the Bitcoin Magazine team, uh, the Earn Carrot team, and uh, and uh, the Bitcoin Conference team. You're, you're helping us across the org. You are an absolute legend, workhorse, amazing Bitcoiners. So glad that you are in this community. Um why don't you tell people, you know, where they can find you? Maybe give a last word or shout out to the bitcoiners out there.
1: Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on the podcast again. I freaking love working here. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, everyone can find me on my lifestyle blog www.kitsandwich.com. You can find me on Twitter at kit underscore sat. Um and yeah, the, that's the best way to reach me. And Make sure you guys are stretching, drinking water, stacking sats, and making sure you're running your own nodes and having your Bitcoin in cold storage. So let's freaking go. (laughs) Love
0: it. Stack sats, hold your own Bitcoin. This crazy Senate bill that's kind of being thrust upon us that has this crazy crypto clause might make it harder for you to pull out your your Bitcoin and not be tracked. So, you know, get as much of your coin off exchanges right now, today. Do not wait.
1: Thanks for having me on, CK.
0: Yeah, and hey, Bitcoiners, after you're done pulling your 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 Sats off an exchange, putting it into your own cold storage, uh, make sure to follow me at CK underscore Snarks. Make sure to follow Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin magazine, give us those five-star reviews. Where can people find us on Twitter or sorry, on uh on Instagram and Pinterest and all the other places where you are kind of managing the content?
1: Absolutely. Um, so we've to go off of that, we've got some giveaways going on. So make sure you go check that out, which ones we have um next month. We're giving away 10 conference tickets to Bitcoin 2022 because we made um, our 10year anniversary on Twitter, which is at Bitcoin magazine. So go follow us over there. On Instagram, it's real Bitcoin magazine and on Pinterest it's the same pinterestcom Real uh, Bitcoin magazine. You can also find us on Twitter. We're um, on Reddit youtube so go subscribe over there as well both of those are real bitcoin magazine i think uh youtube is just bitcoin magazine um so yeah go go follow us everywhere and sign up for our mailing list too the daily mailing list is awesome
0: All right. You, you heard it here, guys. Make sure to follow Bitcoin Magazine everywhere. Uh, again, Kit has, has her hands everywhere there. Uh, and go follow Kit at, uh, on Twitter and uh, everywhere that she's at, too. All right, y'all. That's enough of us. Peace. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast network or any third party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.